I love that. Thank you so much. My gosh, you've entirely filled the gap between Whistler and where you are today with so many, so many drops of wisdom along the way. Um, I, I am still convinced there's a Peter Pan outfit somewhere that I'm, I'm gonna dig. <laughs> Before this podcast podcast airs, I'm gonna I'm gonna be scrubbing the internet so no one will find it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, what <laughs> Welcome to the Clinician Life Podcast. I'm Emma Jack, and I'm joined by my co-host Daryl Yardley, and together we're on a mission to help you elevate your practice to new heights. Join us each week as we bring you invaluable insights from some of the world's leading clinicians, from staying ahead of industry trends to crafting your dream career and life. We've got you covered. Get set to unlock your full potential. Here we go. Emma, have you met? Mr. Dominic Bat before? I have not. I've only done a brief Google search. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that that's uh, that's dangerous. I, I, haven't, <laughs> yeah. I haven't checked that yet. I have um, actually. What what did you find? I'm actually curious. Uh, we don't need to necessarily. Oh, I actually I actually found something we have in common. Oh. Um. We. I mean, I can only speak for myself as to my financial situation afterwards, but we both spent a significant chunk of our lives out west playing peter pan a little bit on the mountains in whistler oh we sure did yeah <laughs> okay you have to clarify what do you mean dom was playing peter pan i'm confused well whistler is a place you just go to like escape any reality of life and okay. spend a lot of money and typically make very little you live the dream. So you in this sort of like never never land of like never really growing up oh so it wasn't that dom was running around like in a little elf costume no oh, no okay. it was not the literal okay. sense okay. my gosh no i did oh, I mean, okay yes no, those videos aren't <laughs> available online they're, they're yeah i was people. like i gotta google this if there's like <laughs> a costume out there i'm like you know still working on your, your wedding 2024 your, we're still working on your proposal video, Daryl. Yeah, we're all still recovering from that. <laughs> yeah, I thought well, you guys all saw it? Yes. Yeah, I can't oh. get it out of my head, to be honest, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... I don't think Mel can get it out of her head either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you did the trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was really not a whole lot of choices. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So Dom was... Dom, wasn't it when you were at West, though, you met your wife? I did. I met in Whistler yeah. actually one uh, one New Year's Eve. Yeah. Wow. Whistler's a magical place. It's a magical place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife said, "If you like Whistler, you should see Brantford." Um, she, she's, got, she's got a good sense of humour. We're we're in we're, we're near Brantford now. So. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Doug, you know what? There's such a good segue. So, <laughs> how did you end up in Brantford? Where we met. That, that was it, really. I mean, I, I trained in the UK. Um, as you can prob- probably tell. I grew up in the UK. Trained at Nottingham University. Uh, and a friend friend I met there, Josh Chipperfield, another physio, uh, we moved moved over to Canada uh, in, in 2009 um, after a year or so working in the National Health Service, going through our, our rotations and 
in various fields, neurology, care of the elderly, uh, MSK outpatients, orthopedics. But yeah, both decided a sense of adventure. And so we moved, we, we moved out to BC. Uh, I, I didn't know Canada very well. I was about to sign on the dotted line for a job in Grand Prairie, Alberta, uh, I'm sure it's a lovely place. I haven't been or yet, um, but but Josh guided me to uh, to Vancouver. So uh, it was it was Vancouver that that led us out west, and Josh met um, met his now wife who lives in North Vancouver, and I met my wife um, who originated from Brantford. So long story short, it brought us back to Brantford, but not after a trip up north to none of it for a year and uh, a trip back out to Medicine Hat um, for for just over a year as well. Um, but uh, I think my wife will be relieved that we're we're settled nicely in uh, in St. George, which is a small, mm-hmm. small town just north of Brantford. Yeah. And um, you'll be happy to know that we actually have a hockey tournament in Brantford and we the boys are playing in St. George. So you may have to bring my little buddy Charlie to uh to see Emerson play next week. Absolutely. You let let us know. It's about two blocks away from us. So we were there. We were there at the weekend actually. Um I'm trying to skate uh, like a Canadian, but it's a it's a slow process. <laughs> well if you can skate like you can swing a golf club, you'll be okay. If you <laughs> skate like I swing a golf club, <laughs> you might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well quite how people uh, skate and, and swing a hockey stick at the same time. I'm, I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to let you run with this story for a second. So Dom was Peter Pan, went to Whistler, met his wife, ended up back in Brantford. Somehow in that journey, he met me. Um, Which is as so- important, Daryl, obviously. Yeah, so- <laughs> no, 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 no. So it, it, I'm trying to, I'm watching <laughs> Emma's on video here. Like, okay, Emma, where are your wheels turning before we let the cat out of the bag with, with how we met? Well, I'm just trying, I mean, I'm a, I'm interested in the conversation your wife had with you, convincing you to move from Vancouver and the mountains and the ocean back to Ontario, because I've done that myself. I was out there and uh, family was back in Ontario. And obviously I did end up back into Ontario as well. But uh, how did that conversation go? Yeah, well, I think we... We knew we wanted to be near one of our families, yeah. Um, and I had obviously already made the the decision to to move across, which was a very hard decision. And to be honest, you know, it, it took quite a few years to um, almost come to terms with being that far away from from my family. Um, and, and when I think about you know many of our um, our colleagues in the profession now that are foreign trained and coming to Canada, I can certainly relate on you know difficulty behind that distance. Um, uh, but it sounds silly, but Ontario is closer to the UK than BC was. Um, so that, and, and, the, and the time difference, five hours versus eight does, does make a difference when you're, you know, when you're calling family back home. And even when you're traveling back home, I, I did make a trip back from my brother's stag for a, a three day long weekend. Uh, and I survived to tell the tale, which was easier, I think, from Ontario than it would have been from, uh, from BC. Um, but I think once we, we actually had our first child in Medicine Hat, Alberta, when we were working out there. Um, and I think once we, once she was three months old, it was it was definitely time to be near one of our families. And um, yeah, the the obvious choice was was in Ontario. So 
yeah, here here we are. It, it was a it was a family tie, and uh, we're we're happily growing roots now. Amazing. Yeah. So in terms of clinical and career wise, I know you're a physio, but I don't know much more. (laughs) So fill me in on the gap there. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. No, proud, proud physio. Um, And so, yeah, I work, I work clinically, obviously um, in, in the UK came, came to, came to Vancouver and I, I worked at a clinic in Coquitlam overlooking the North Shore Mountains. And uh, I think I knew early on that I, I would probably look to go into some sort of a leadership management role. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed working clinically. I enjoyed working with, with patients. Uh, I did some levels courses, uh, but there's always some wheels turning. Uh, the Just the, the first comparison between working in the National Health Service and being told that you're only allowed to see someone five or six times because um, there's no room. Uh, you book them in every two weeks. Um, you have to get approval if, if they need any more treatment than that because we haven't got the resources to to flying over and starting to work in, in BC. And I think a WCB patient came through and, okay, they're approved for 22 visits. And then private private client comes through uh, yeah it's you know just make sure you give them a good experience and, and you you communicate well and um make them a fan and hopefully they'll keep coming back to see you and and there's no limit i was like okay this is a different structure i need to learn a little bit more about the, the, the system the the impact that um the the healthcare funding has on on the way that we operate and really then it introduced me more to a to a business model type approach as well and that that private business and that obviously got the got the wheels turning a little bit more also um but yeah worked in a sports clinic up in none of it was um again my wife had already been there for a year um previously and again luckily we both shared a bit of a sense of adventure so she said that they're looking for a couple of physios up in a Callaway. do you do you fancy going back up there and and joining me i was like Again, I mean, I, I almost signed for Grand Prairie, so I might as well <laughs> go, go a Callaway. So that was such, yeah, such an eye-opening experience, obviously working with uh, the Inuit population up there. You were based in the Callaway and then fly out to remote communities uh, to do a sort of physio clinic for a few days, see as many people as you could, help as many people as you can. Um, but yeah, a real, real learning experience. And I know we had Jim, Jim on um, last week, and I, I have the pleasure to, of working with Jim Millard on a on a daily basis, and uh, forever grateful for that. But he talks about meeting people where they are, and um, at no time was that more more appropriate when we're up in none of it and trying to understand what people actually wanted. Like I, I knew what I thought I could offer, but really digging into, okay, what, what. From what I can offer, what you what do you actually want? Like what what are your what are your goals? Like what? Um, and in some cases, it might have been you know just give give me a brace and I'm I'm quite happy and you might not see me again. It's like okay, I, I can I can educate you and, and help you understand what I can do, but I I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna impose my my beliefs on on you necessarily. I'm just gonna listen and, and provide what I can and, and help where I can. Um, and that was quite a a meaningful experience of up and none of it. Um, and then the management opportunity came available in Medicine Hat, um, and, and luckily, um, rather than just jumping jumping around from airport to airport, um, my 
my wife found the pelvic health role. She's also a physio. Uh, she found the pelvic health role, which was tremendous at the at the local hospital. So some great funding for for women's health out in uh, out in medicine at Alberta. So we we moved there really um, from a, and that was really just you know I wanted to explore leadership a little bit further and get a, a greater understanding of what that looked like. Uh, but still working, still working clinically, uh, just in a, a variety of different roles and uh, different patient populations, and. Um, yeah, once my daughter was born, so that was in Medicine Hat in 2014, knew that we were interested in Ontario. I think we had reached out to Ontario previously, uh, but they said, well, we have got a role in Medicine Hat, and I don't think they were expecting me to say, sure, um, let's, let's do that. But um, it was Medicine Hat or Fort McMurray, so I think they were really trying to put me off, but um, they didn't succeed. I, I, I took the Medicine Hat role. Uh, funny story, actually, I, I actually flew out to visit the clinic uh, from none of it, uh, met with the director there for the company and um, got up the the following day to go to see the clinic and there was a blizzard and the highway the highway was uh, was closed. I thought, okay, well we'll stay in Calgary and you know see a few clinics around here and then we'll head out the next day. Sure enough, next day, highway still closed. My flight was due to return back up to Akaluit uh, via Ottawa, of course. Never actually got to see the clinic, so uh, sight unseen. Um, leap of faith, signed the contract. Wow. And, uh, it all worked out very, very well. And uh, yeah, we got the call from Ontario and said that, that there is actually an internal transfer opportunity to to the Cambridge Clinic, which is 20 minutes away from where my, my in-laws were. So that's really circuitous route but that's really got what got us back to to ontario uh where we've we've been been very happy since 2015 and uh despite the mountains not being quite as quite as big as vancouver quite as mountainous <laughs> what an adventure what an adventure so how did you and daryl connect well this is a also i'm trying to think what the official story is daryl I'll, I'll try and i'll, I'll go with, go with that and not not throw you under the bus here but yeah, yeah. throw away we met and probably speaks to the being open to to opportunity and i think that's a, a lesson that perhaps i taught taught myself but uh i think the first time we, we properly met was the opa conference uh and that was probably probably 2018 maybe um before before the world changed a little bit um so it was a in-person conference and uh cbi health who, who i was with at that point uh where we were i think we were the lead sponsors and a few days before the conference i think i got a call saying the person that was meant to be giving the speech can't do it any longer uh would you mind stepping in i was like sure yeah i'll, I'll, I'll give that a go uh, a couple of days later, I got another call saying, oh, would you mind writing the speech? I said, yeah, I'll write the speech, no problem. Um, and so gave gave the speech there. And um, I think Daryl was probably came to speak to me afterwards, getting some clarity on my on my accent and trying to understand exactly what I said. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had we had a we had a little discussion uh, there at the OPA conference. Um, and then just coincidentally, uh, there was a. Uh, there was a posting at the Brantford Hospital, uh, which again, it's my uh, my wife where my wife was born actually, uh, and that's where Daryl was uh, was leading the charge at the time. 
Uh, and so I, yeah, applied for that posting um, out of, sort of curiosity, uh, and also I was uh, I was studying for my my MBA at the time, uh, and it aligned quite nicely with a lot of the the public sector type of conversations. And so I applied, and uh, I met Daryl uh, eventually when he turned up for the interview, and um, we. <laughs> Oh, well, you're late. Maybe I was early. I don't know, Daryl. But uh, no, you were early. for sure right on time. <laughs> was it meant to start at seventeen minutes past? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't remember. Must uh, have been a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Emma's Emma's grilling me in that steady. I actually I got sweaty palms because it was like three o'clock, and I'm like, I haven't started the, this podcast yet. So, um, so yeah, W, you actually nailed that and I remember probably being a bit of a jackass and I was like man what school did you go to in Australia after you did that speech just to piss you off um but you spoke really well and I was like why is this guy working for CBI um but it was actually interesting because when Dom did apply you applied once before that actual interview and I remember that was when I took this sort of Jackie Schleifer Taylor challenged me, like, take this contract at the hospital, like, you need that experience. Um, and we had a, a physio posting. And at the time, my wife broke a bunch of rules. She wasn't, she was a recruiter at that hospital. And I will give Mel credit. She knows how to like recruit. And she came up and was like, This is your guy. And I was like, Okay. But I I only knew Dom's face and accent. I didn't know Dom on a piece of paper. I was like, yeah all right, call, call this guy. And he, it was for a physio position. And they called me back and said, no, no, he's not interested in a physio position. It's like a jackass. Like, come on, you got to get in here somehow. So needless to say, we, we went past it. I, for whatever reason, decided to extend the contract into a, a bigger role. But I was like, there's no way we're not going to put a physio in here. Again, and I know all my colleagues that will listen, the OTs and the speech, like they're going to be like, you're an asshole. But I was like, we got to get another PT in here. And there was a PT and an OT that did apply. And my OT colleague was on that panel and she's like, he's the guy, <laughs> which was dumb. But it was interesting. Mel brought back his resume again and said, this is your new manager. It's like, this fucking dumb bad guy again. <laughs> So this is a interviewed and pretty crushed wise, it. Uh, What's that? Pretty wise to listen to your wife. I think that's a yeah, like and yeah, like there's a hundred percent. Like it was when she says like this is the guy, like you know that it's the guy. So all I was waiting for was our good friend Rebecca to say that yes, here's the check mark. We will allow another physio to run this department <laughs> from the private sector, right? Um, and that probably was the first like true time we officially were like strategizing back and forth but but I remember like I broke as many rules as I was possibly allowed to break in that hospital because Dom was coming doing his MBA so I was like ah does this guy just want me to pay for his MBA but someone's gonna have to tell him that we don't pay for con ed anymore in the hospital because I cut that out of the budget so um but he came through and I was like I can't I have to replace me with somebody better than me like at multiple levels and you nailed the interview and you can probably tell by his demeanor he's very calm and he's extremely strategic and the minute that he got in there he just started improving everything that we had rolled out 
which was which is amazing. And I still to this day, Dom, I still do feel bad because at the stage where I started making some decisions, I gave him the most complicated stuff possible. How to manage flow through the entire organization, how to deal with social work in the organization, like to the point of pulling out your hair, this guy could do it. And that's the story. I think you're being pretty humble though on, um, I, I think, well, I, I was very fortunate to work with yourself. Um, and I still, um, I, I still look back with the, those years, uh, with, with a great, uh, great deal of enjoyment for the memories and appreciation. Um, certainly taught me to, to, uh, to work on my feet. As you say, patient flow was, a that was a doozy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, thinking strategically almost being like United Nations trying to, trying to please everyone, um, which you soon, soon learn, uh, that's not necessarily possible. I remember uh, early on in the in the days at the hospital there, where you were, uh, where you said, "Okay, we've got a meeting with a rep," and I forget what it it was for. Now it might have been, um, it was some device. But anyway, we'd lost the device, um, but um, <laughs> you said, "Okay, we're going to meet with this guy. We, he probably wants this device back. We haven't got it. We're not sure where it is." <laughs> I ended up coming in the meeting with me. I said, "No problem at all. Looking forward to see how this goes." And then about five minutes before the meeting, he messaged me saying, um, yeah, I can't make it. You, you, you take you take this one. <laughs> and so <I'm> <laughs> and um, oh, damn. The, first, the first thing he said was, yeah, don't worry. Um, I don't need the device back. I was like, oh, thank goodness for that, because we, we haven't got it. But I said, yeah, by, by all accounts, it's being really well received. So um, perhaps if you give me a little bit more information, we can look at ordering oh, it. Was that, the, was that the CPM? I was CPM or was it? Um, it could well be a CPM that we yeah, used. I feel like we gave it to some guys, like a revision surgery. We try to help out the orthopod and yeah. And then, yeah, yeah it broke or it never returned. So, um, but, you know, I learned from the best on the ability to think on, think on your feet um, and uh, being able to convert little information into a, into a, <laughs> an expert speech or analysis um but yeah the hospital was it really par paralleled paralleled quite well with with the mba um i did that out of the, the group uh school of business um started that part-time back in 20 uh i guess 20 2016 2017 i think it was um and uh i think I think what that taught me probably, um, I know you've alluded to it, Emma, in in a, in a couple of episodes uh, about finding some finding some balance, but also sort of have, reflecting on yourself and and working and uh, building yourself. Because I I soon found out that no matter what province or country or job I go to, I I, I come with me. So um, kind of kind of important uh, <laughs> to be able to get you know, okay, but being able to self reflect and um continuously work on myself I, I knew i knew the manual you know manual therapy you know i did did, did some some levels i did acupuncture courses and did, did various things but when it went into leadership i thought well i kind of want to know a few of the fundamentals at least um and so the the mba taught me a lot i didn't do it with any end goal in mind it was it was purely out of curiosity um expensive curiosity you could say but um even at the time, you know, 
you know, someone I was working and who I who I, I admire and I enjoy, a mentor of mine really said that you don't necessarily need this to, to progress in your career where you are. Um, but so I wasn't really doing it for any sort of external validation. It really was a personal, a personal quest that I wanted to do. Um, my wife might say there was perhaps a better timing. Um, I think my uh, first class was the day after my second child was was born. Um, so the MBA is very much not not my MBA. It's uh, it belongs to to my wife, my family, and and her parents as well. Who there are evenings where traveling to Burlington two nights a week for lectures seven till ten that I had the easy the easy go um, with the uh, children children at home and the, um, and the busy the busy household uh, leaving to have adult conversation uh, was very often not the uh, not not the harder option so uh, be forever grateful to, to have that support in my uh, yeah in my court mm-hmm. and Emma the the impact of Dom on the organization before we both left uh, I also signed him up for the strat planning for the whole hospital um, oh. sort of sat down with the CEO and I said this is the guy and uh, just to add to his list of things to do. So we actually had to realize like, hey, what what was the role that each of us had to play to get Dom at this table, right? And um, so the role that I had to play is I actually had to watch his kids one night in my office (laughs) and Dom went down to the strat planning session. So, and I was in probably like the worst wing of that whole hospital, right? It wasn't pretty. And we had to what's that you're standing from what i understand yeah (laughs) so we had them and dom fed them like the only thing we had in that whole hospital which was tim hortons so we had them on i think they must have been on an ipad or a laptop but they were watching netflix and dom was downstairs and i was just making sure that they were okay (laughs) yeah trap plan was great dom well done uh your kids turned out okay after that event and they're cute funny my kids love them they had a little they were over in the summer and they still talk about when are they coming back so that part went well um but yeah like it was it was the sacrifices he also made for you know some of these opportunities um and I was just happy to be whatever role I needed but this is also to and I know he's gonna comment on his humbleness here or sorry he's gonna come on me but his humbleness is critical like when we left when I left that organization that place was in such good hands with him seeing the charge and taking the lead. And then Dom, maybe just share though with everybody here, because you also stepped outside of your comfort zone after I had left. And you even took over like nursing manager. Like you went like physio, OT, you know, speech, dietitians, social work. Like it's still a same realm of, health disciplines right but nursing is a different beast right so what was your reasoning to venture into that space yeah i think again as 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 the years go on and sort of reflect more and trying to understand more perhaps when you look back you understand more so why you've made decisions as well um and uh one of the things we did at cbi health back um this was actually back in uh when i was there prior uh, we, we did sort of trimetrics personality quizzes and um, and really analyzed the data and even analyzed like how we would 
connect with someone that we worked with, perhaps someone who we reported to or someone who reported to us. And you start to see people that you know, people have got personality traits and they're, you know, they, they're who they are for a reason, um, both just from a personality wise, but also, you know, you hear the, you hear the phrase that, you know, if you'd been through that, what that person had been through, you'd, you'd act how that person acts as well. Um, so really try to sort of understand sort of people and going from sort of people treating people as, as clients to, to leading people and approach hadn't really changed in terms of how I'd like to approach that in terms of sort of empathy, compassion and kindness, but understanding there's obviously a, a business and an organization to, uh, to, to run as well. But part of my personality trait on that was uh, it likes to explore new opportunities. Um, and I do like to challenge myself and that's, um, it's, it's absolutely okay not to, uh, and, and, Thank goodness for the people that that are sort of in a in a stable role and 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 see see it through, um, but also I, I I was asked about a role managing to say down a, a medical unit, um, so it would be I think about something in the line of thirty or forty nurses reporting to me, um, you know a dozen or so PSWs, um, so yeah RPN RN um and you go into a role and you realize that yeah you're not you're not going to know it all um that that's okay uh, but what what structures are you going to put in place to to try and be effective and and what are you going to focus on um so you can you can prioritize your time and, and make it make it beneficial so i was fortunate enough to have a, a fantastic charge nurse on the unit or or in fact actually i i think i might have followed your role on that Daryl charge nurse got um got promoted to the position and it was a question of ensuring we had the right uh the right person in the right role um which sometimes those of you that work in the hospitals you you have to go through a few different processes but we we, we got there uh and, and I'm so glad we did um uh, because I I knew that you know I, I was practicing I was developing my leadership of people um, but the experiences I got working, managing that nursing unit, especially when, you know, COVID hit soon after, and I probably got exposure to um, to more experiences than I was even anticipating because uh, I did get another call to say, didn't you run some some clinics previously? As I did, yes. Okay, well, we need a COVID assessment clinic opened up in Brantford. I said, okay. All right. Well, um, count me in. It might look a bit different to a to a physio clinic, but I'm sure we can figure something out. Um, so yeah, just being open and receptive to opportunity has has um, I think it's done me well, and it's certainly taken me out of my comfort zone. Um, and it's not always been easy. I think we've had some yeah you know, fantastic people listening listening to this podcast and listening to to, to Karen speak and Jim speak and just thinking that. Yeah, there's there's been some challenging moments. It's it's not it's not been all, all fun and games. It's not all been easy. Um, the hospital comes with overnight on calls, um, as did the NHS role. Actually, interestingly enough, overnight um, respiratory physio on call. But um, yeah, patient flow certainly did a number on me. Um, Daryl, thank you for for making me stronger. Um, <laughs> People love to talk about resilience, but I've never heard the term resilience used as much as I did when, when we were at the hospital. And I always think in an ideal organisation, if everything's running smoothly, 
resilience isn't isn't necessarily have to be a thing quite as quite as much as it perhaps had to um when we worked in the hospital and then especially when when COVID hit and what a what a challenging time that was um for, for so many so many people um and stressful for the staff and trying to help and guide and navigate through that. Um I think sometimes we forget that yeah we had to we had to staff the the COVID unit, right? And decide who was gonna um who was gonna staff the COVID unit. And we had no idea what you know what beast was was upon us at that point. And um that led to some real moral and ethical conversations that never thought that I would encounter on on that kind of grand scale. Um, but amazing when you know when we had people step up and, and volunteer and say, you know, I'll go in there. Um, yeah, really, really quite um, quite astounding how how a team can rally rally together like that. Um, so really, just a just a pleasure to to work with so so many fantastic employees. Um, but you know, whatever I can do to make to make their job that little bit easier, um, I think that's where where my motivation has always come from. I think something so interesting, just as I'm hearing you talk about all these different experiences you've had and opportunities that you've taken on that can sometimes get lost, I know did get lost for me early on in my career was the fact that like physio and being a physiotherapist and the critical thinking and the problem solving and the on the spot stuff that you have to do sets us up to, to step into so many other roles. I mean, obviously your, your MBA and that training um, uh, helped as well, but I think it's, it's like sometimes we underestimate our abilities to step into things outside of one-on-one -on -one patient care. And it's so interesting to hear just by saying yes to things and being open and trying it out where you've, where you've landed. It's so, it's so true, Emma. I, even during COVID, you know, and they said, has anyone ever done telehealth before? And so actually, yeah, I, we did do that up and up and none of it but got a, an understanding how that might work I, I would never have thought that would come and help for ever again um right. but the way as physios the way that we're taught to communicate the the empathy we show um our understanding of the healthcare system uh i i 100 agree that we we shouldn't underestimate what what roles and, and what skills we're developing uh, as we as we work through that that journey whatever that journey looks like um and, and again you know working clinically for 30 years is a fantastic and reward rewarding journey um some people go in different in different directions like we know we know a lot of physios do when we look at the average sort of clinical span of a physio for, for various reasons which you know, i'm sure we could talk at talk at length about um but i think just that that open mindedness, as, as, as I think, it has has held me in in quite in quite good good stead um, uh, along the way. Sort of saying yes, being open, and but also enjoying enjoying the journey. Uh, I think someone once said to me, um, "Just just be the best you can, or do the best you can with what you've got, with where you're at." Um, and I think, you know, I I don't know what. I never knew what the next five years was gonna was, was gonna hold, um, and uh, but I think enjoying the journey and, and and knowing that probably in the place you're meant to be right now, uh, but if you're open minded, that sometimes opportunities come up that you're not expecting, and sometimes they find you, um, but but you have to be there to say yes, right? Have, 
back to the, the OPA conference. Um, you you perhaps have to put your name your name out there. You perhaps have to have to meet Darren and and say yes slightly more often than you say no. Um, but also know when to say no, right? It's it's is yeah, we talked about burnout. I think a, a little bit on this on this podcast, and um, I've certainly experienced it, and I, I've learned uh, reflecting on my myself as to what what do I need to be um, to be my best self? Because if I'm not my best self, I, I certainly can't lead other people. Um, and I noticed that during certainly during the MBA when I was out two nights a week, um, pretty tired by the end of the week. Uh, and by Thursday, Friday, if, if anyone came to me with a strategic question or or an issue, uh, I could tell I wasn't bringing my best self to that conversation. And my reaction probably wasn't the one that I would pride myself on necessarily. My decision-making wasn't, wasn't as great as it could be. Um, so I knew that, okay, well, I, I need to structure my, my time where, yeah, perhaps I get a decent amount of sleep. Um, perhaps I've got some structure between work life and and uh and, and home life um and i and i'm able to sort of segment my time in a in an efficient way uh and i've yeah learned strategies to do that along the way knowing that you go through chapters and you go through cycles where you know sometimes you you know there's a, the balance tips one way and other times it tips another but um you know as long as you know kind of what you can go back to and what what works for you it's a it's a journey and it's one that we i think we're all continue to, to learn more about ourselves and that's as important as as learning the, the textbook uh, definitions of different things mm-hmm. yeah I and mean, i think that's a great question right i was thinking myself as dom is chatting is like where's those transferable skills right and i think you nailed them dom and i think the other thing that you did sort of validate too is jim's comment on the podcast too which is you know avoiding the fake it till you make it thought process and changing your mindset to face it till you make it right and I think you've done a great job of one utilizing that mindset but also identifying like you know there's certain things that you know and there's things that you it's okay to ask for help right where's the guidance where's the support this team dynamic is one of the things that I think you do better than than many people do is build relationships invest the time in building relationships build a team and facilitate that team outcome as opposed to an individual outcome. So the one thing too, that I want to make sure we touch upon a little bit here, because I'm sure Emma will dive into this a little bit too, is so one of the things that was a key part too, is just your ability to build relationships with physicians, which isn't actually the easiest thing to do either. Right. And you do that very well. And we've been fortunate enough to sort of continue with a golf little team since we've kind of left the hospital and we witnessed, you know, a a colleague of ours becoming chief of staff at a golf weekend. We both witnessed you starting and being offered a new job, despite how loud and annoying we were in the same moment. So you have this role you have now um, also on a golf weekend um, that our wives allow us the opportunity to, to leave the house and and go to, Um, but just curious, maybe share with us. What's that? Do another one actually, but the weather's not going to be too kind to us for a few months. Yeah, you know, I think we we may have to go south. I'll see you in Orlando. Um, but maybe share a little bit now with what your role is now with CBA, like what you're doing, because there's another little caveat there that I think is another example of what you do very well. So maybe just share like what what did that transition look like after the hospital? Yeah, I think so. Working working at the hospital, uh, so there there are a few years. I was on the on a nursing unit 
um, at that time. And I think I was I was reflecting at uh, a bit of an inflection point to say, okay, well, um, enjoy what I do day to day, supporting staff, um, helping the operations of the hospital, but didn't feel I could impact that on a on a, a grand scale. Uh, and to be honest, it became very much can can we get staff today can we staff the night shift it was very much uh putting out fire type of role and i always felt well you know it's important that you find a role where you can be you can be yourself um and you can do more of what you're good at um and luckily and, and probably another lesson for me i i um try try to to keep keep relationships strong um and recognize that the grass isn't always greener elsewhere um and not to burn not to burn bridges um unnecessarily when uh, whether it's leaving employment or um moving to another province i guess um as well um and so i did have, i had a conversation with with cbi health and it so happens they were looking for uh, for a director at the time for, for ontario um and it was the role at the time was to help to sort of build out their their acute strategy um, across uh, certainly across Ontario, um, and oversee a, a network of I think at the time it was about 30, 30 clinics, um, along with uh, another other director colleagues um, who would oversee the other other portion of clinics in in Ontario. Um, and so that that really fit quite nicely because again I, I'd finished my MBA at this point. Uh, I, I I had some sort of strategy interest, and obviously I'd had the business interest, uh, and the role just really sort of fell in fell into place from from there. Um, and uh, still, somewhat I I guess we're still somewhat in the midst of of COVID at that point because we're just talking just over a couple of years ago. Um, so still plenty for us to. I think we thought we were coming out of it, but we little did we know. Uh, Omicron was just around the corner, but um, but that's really where, where that came from. Obviously, you know, put put application in and, um, and and things got things got processed. And I think, yeah, I think as you say, Daryl, it was that similar weekend um, that uh, that really got the uh, got got the news as well. So it was a weekend of, of, of celebration. But um, yeah, the opportunity to return to to CBI Health and, and just work with such a group of high performing leaders um and really trying to challenge perhaps what what physio can do as a profession um but what you know what is possible in healthcare on a on a grander scale um has been um yeah really rewarding to to be a part of mm -hmm. and and i think the i mean it's interesting how the tables turn so a gentleman that i had worked with for 5 years i think running his operations, sold the CBI. I went to the hospital, met Dom, brought him to the hospital, <laughs> allowed Dom to go back to CBI temporarily, right? Um, but interestingly, Dom is now leading the clinics for my colleague who I'm still good good buddies with. And it probably for, how long have you and Dave now been working together, Dom? Over a couple of years now, yeah. Yeah, so I think for the first 18 months, he would ask me consistently, hey, do you know Dom? I thought Dom's a great guy. And it and to be honest, if it takes a lot of work to get Dave to trust you that intently, right? And that much where he speaks so highly of you, Dom, 
and your abilities and your talents. Um, but you needed to put the time in to build the relationship first. So maybe share, I think too, with the group, and then I'll let Emma wrap up the session is what are your tips and tricks? Cause you're one of the best I've ever seen build relationships with people that you've met for minutes versus hours versus months and years. Like, how do you do it? What's your strategy? Is it the accent? Maybe, maybe they, they, okay. all right. It's a bit, bit but it could could be it though. But um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 genuine, genuine. I, I people say authenticity, but I I I'm genuinely I, I enjoy I enjoy speaking with with people. Um, I enjoy helping people, uh, whatever that looks like, and understanding people's mentality. And I think it's pretty important with physicians where. Or any different stakeholder trying to understand what makes them tick, like what what's going to work for them. Um, and even back in the in the MBA days, uh, studied negotiations, and it was like, okay, well, let's not sort of split this 50-50. Like, how can we actually make the whole the whole pie bigger? Um, and so, if we halve it, that's great, but it's it's actually a bigger pie. So we're actually both getting more than what we originally discussed. And sometimes it's just a question of, and, and it's the hard part of leadership, uh, and it take it can be draining, and it can take empathy. But sitting down and understanding where people are coming from, um, spending that extra time to listen, um, and, and really hearing people out, um, not making decisions just based on 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 numbers and and what's easy. And I, I think, in terms of you know, working with working with David, like he's he's been a mentor to me. To be honest, and and um, you know a, a big part of my enjoyment in my in my role, um, and he's got many many sayings that um, you know that bring true. But one one is the easy way is never the right way, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's true, especially in leadership. You know, sometimes you have to make those those hard calls, and um, perhaps confidence of making those decisions comes comes with time. Um, sometimes there isn't a, a substitute for for time and experience. Um, also admitting when you're wrong, you are going to make wrong calls. Uh, but I think if people can understand where you're coming from, um, I think it, it, it goes, it goes a long, long way. Um, and just, just caring for people and being kind, um, which is sometimes is lost in the, with how busy things, things get. Uh, and I think that's, that's really sort of the morals that I, I've tried to live by it. Sometimes it's it's harder. The conversations you wish you could have had, or the ways you wish things you could have communicated when things things are so busy, it's like that. I should have I should have communicated that differently. I, I you know that shouldn't have come across like that. They shouldn't have found out that way. Um, and, and it can be it can be frustrating. But again, you have to sort of do focus on what you what you can do and try and reframe and and not beat yourself up, but but go again and um, continue to sort of be the best you can be. And I think one. One one parable someone said to me uh, a long time ago was, um, which is I think it's a common one. Uh, it's about it's about starfish uh, being washed up on the on the beach, and um, an old man's walking down the beach after a storm, and he sees a little boy in the distance, um, and he asks him what he's what he's doing. He's throwing some some things into the ocean, um, and he's like, I'm I'm throwing these starfish back in the ocean because. Um, when the sun comes out, they're going to dry up and they they won't survive. And he's like, "Well, there's there's, there's about ten thousand starfish here that you're not 
you can't possibly make a make an impact all of these. And the little boy smiled, he picked up another starfish, threw it in the ocean, goes, well, it made a big difference to that one. And to me, I think it's one step at a time. It's one conversation at a time. Um, and it's the same when I speak to staff that are overwhelmed and, and burnt out, and especially on the nursing unit, like the amount of burnout was um, was so insightful, um, having not worked in a hospital uh, previously. Um, and it's trying to focus on the impact that you have made to to patients and their families, um, whether this is a clinician working in, in in a clinic or whether it is a hospital or whether it's a clinic owner that that's trying to lead their team, uh, try to focus on the impact that you that you've had to that to that individual because uh, there'll there'll always be more. There's always be more you can do, um, but do do what you can uh, to to the best of your best of your ability and just be be present and true to the conversations you're having, um, and that's. That's really there's there's no real secret to it uh, in terms of building those relationships. It's just trying to be genuine and and trying to always do what you say you'll do, right? And um, and and loop back and and be honest. You know, it's don't promise anything you can't you can't do. Promise little and but what you do promise deliver on. Um, I think it's a pretty good mantra. I love that. Thank you so much. My gosh, you've entirely filled the gap between Whistler. And we're here today with so many, so many drops of wisdom along the way. Um, I, am, I am still convinced there's a Peter Pan outfit somewhere that I'm, I'm gonna dig. <laughs> Before this podcast podcast airs, I'm gonna I'm gonna be scrubbing the internet so no one will find it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing what Pano can do. Um, so at the end of every show, uh, we ask what you know looking back to a previous version of yourself and you can choose whatever version uh that is because you've lived many lives um what is some advice you'd have for your younger self yeah it's a great question question and i've always valued wisdom um and so i, I hope i'd listen to myself um in the same way that i'd hope i'd listen to myself if i came back 20 years from now as well um and I varied mentors in my life, um, both through CBA Health and, um, and 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 currently. So, but I think honestly, I would uh, I'd probably give myself the the same comment that I said when we look at what sort of good high performance means. It, it's it's doing the best best you can with where you where you are with what you've got. Um, maybe add sort of one one starfish at a time uh maybe that can be the the title for your podcast there yeah. uh, <laughs> just it is going to be the title of this podcast i'm telling you um this is awesome. I I, I'd, I'd probably add make sure you marry that that girl that you met in whistler that new year's eve great <laughs> <laughs> <Right> choice <laughs> I, should affirm, I should affirm that that one and try and beat the pt health christmas party um that everyone on youtube because if if I could have been there in person, I don't think I would ever be the same. You probably wouldn't work there either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? It, it's interesting. And um, and I think we'll finish on time today too. I can I can feel it. You two are very much on time people. Um and I think what's that's really interesting is it's you never really know where things will end up when you think about it right so i think dom you nailed it too is you know say yes 
kind of maybe when there's some hesitation, but I think what we've learned in Emma Wood coaches too, is sometimes know when to say no, right? At opportunities for sure. Um, but even when you think about it, a couple of those yeses for both of us brought us both to a really interesting career move, uh, taught us a ton. And I think the one thing that I want everybody to realize too, is we always say this quote, and I know dumb, you've heard me say this before, but you know, when you're in, when you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And if you really want to step into leadership positions, your job is to develop a team of leaders that is more talented and better than you. And kudos to you. you you've been such a talent in this profession as well. Um, it's it's an honor to you know work with you, even over. I'm still trying to figure out ways. I don't know if your golf coaching has really panned out as well as your ability to lead a team because I'm I I don't think I've improved since we've been golfing together. Um, although you do you work get with what you're giving, though, you know. Yeah, although you do get better every time we play, which I still think you've just kept that as in your back pocket. But interestingly, you know, I'm super proud of where you are and what you're doing. Um, and out of the whole thing, like work aside, it's pretty impressive that we ended up with friendships out of saying yes, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm thankful for that, and um, and and and. Uh, even though that our group of friends was a little bit quite exciting out of that group, I'm definitely going to share with them because they won't listen to this podcast about Peter Pan. Um, and, and who knows, we may have elf costumes at the next the time. Rumors I have started. Yeah, we may be, we may, be, no we may have elf costumes at the next virtual I'm golf so day. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Emma, I'm, I'm so <laughs> thankful for you to bring that up today. Like, that's where my brain has zero creativity. Compared uh, to it won't take away, Daryl. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well i like the starfish part the marriage is consistent um <laughs> friendships last beyond work which is super cool to see and uh there's more to to dom bat in your journey from the uk to ontario that we're just continuing to uncover chapter one yeah well i'd just like to say thank you to, to both of you for for this platform that you're that you're creating um from uh from for our profession uh, and the guidance you're providing, no matter where people are in in their journey uh, through this great profession that, that we're proud to be a part of, uh, you're providing value all along the way. And I, I know I've listened; it's on my uh, it's on my favorites. So you'll definitely get one download every time uh, the new one the new That's one comes the guy. out. This is the guy who's been listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Doc. But it, it's so appreciated. I know I know many many people uh, have spoken to me about it as well and i know i'm sure it's going to continue to grow because it's it's certainly hit hit on something um that i think is really needed and um just some some guidance some hearing from people that have, have been through various journeys um and also reassurance for people that you know what they they might well be on the right track things will be okay i love that oh thank you thank you mm. so much that's fully received Awesome. Well, Dom, you're going to be the last release before the holidays. It might, and it might even be just after the holidays. So I guess we can do a holiday greeting. So thanks for being the the holiday, you know, to listen to. We need to escape the the hustle and bustle, and we need some sound advice from yourself. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, uh, I hope you get some time. Uh, yeah, with your with your families to to recharge. I think it's in, it's important. Mm -hmm um and uh who knows what 2024 has has 
has to bring but hope it's a it's a rewarding mm -hmm. for, for everyone listening yeah awesome thanks dom thanks emma thank emma you. thank you for the card too by the way oh Dom, there's things God. that i always need to learn right like emma sent me this handwritten card in the <laughs> mail and mel's like why don't you do this and i was like uh, i gotta learn from emma <laughs> So yeah, thank you for that. I love it. A hand therapist after handwriting about 125. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it's those little touches make all the difference in the world. They do. Honest to God. And everybody needs to take a note. Like getting this in the mail was so much better than you sending me even a text. The sleuthing, I mean, I sleuthed on yeah. Dom. The sleuthing I had to do to figure out where you lived. Like I am good. Yeah. If you guys need any information, I can find mm -hmm. it. Just one starfish at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I love that. All right, guys. That was so fun. Okay. Enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. Until yeah. 2024. Yeah. Happy, Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> All right, guys. Cheers. And that's all for today. Thanks for tuning into today's episode and joining us on this journey to get smarter in business and life by learning from the top clinicians in the world. Make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Daryl Yardley, and be sure to follow my co-host Emma at Press Play Physio to stay connected. And also visit us at clinicianlife.com for more resources, articles, and opportunities to participate in the show. We'd love to have you on to share your expertise and insights with our growing audience. Can't wait to see you next week.